0: Join the guild and secure your ticket to Scott's sale at the best possible price by visiting MaxLawEvents.com.
1: Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer podcast. podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking
2: and Tyson Miltrips. Let's partner up and maximize your
1: firm. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's Jim, and we're back for episode two of the Maximum Intake Podcast spinoff. So if you tuned in last week, Gary Falkowitz and I spent a lot of time talking about mindset regarding changing my intake system. And in this episode, we really drill down into the nitty gritty. Gary spends a lot of time analyzing the process by which we currently intake clients. He talks to me about how I needed to get all the questions that I would want to ask a potential client out of my head and into paper to make it sort of in a more of a workflow for the intake team to use and for the most part to set up filters. Gary's really big on filters and sort of letting people who call or contact us sort of choose their own adventure. And also, Gary, you'll hear in the recording, really pushes me to work towards a solution where people are either going to be good fits for us or they are not. And because we have a lot of free resources on the web, for the people that we can't help right now, we just direct them to that and they don't get to talk to a lawyer. That was a big distinction and a big mindset shift for me is I've always wanted to help as many people as I can. And I thought that if I hopped on the phone with people, that that would allow them to make a good decision and get the immigration information that they need. But at the end of the day, Gary reminds me that we are a business like everybody else, that we can't help everybody and to really help me sort of develop a system to allow us to best filter our potential leads. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. We had some tremendous feedback on the first episode. If you haven't listened to that one, uh, you probably want to go back and listen to it and then dive into this second episode of our six-part series. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you get a lot out of it. And if you do, leave us a comment in the Facebook group. Thanks a lot. My question was, when you come into law firms, are you seeing that a lot of lawyers, I mean, just, you know, with everyone having to shift to home, do you think most law firms were ready for this? Do you think that they, I mean, I'm hearing stories about big firms that sort of had an old hardwired phone service and sort of had to scramble on the fly. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I
2: think, uh, I don't think anyone was really ready for this, no matter what they say.
1: As the owner of a call center, we were
2: not immediately ready for this. So we had a lot of work to do in about a 72-hour time frame to, to move things appropriately, and we did, thankfully. But I think the reality is, I do think that the, the productivity at this moment, from what I see and what I hear from other law firms, is dropping. I think that uh, employees, intake specialists, human beings, are not necessarily set up to be as productive at home unless they've done it before as they were in the office. There's less accountability. There's less management. There is less stress on the employee to ensure that they're focusing on their work. So I think from a logistical and possibility standpoint, people were able to make that shift but from a work product standpoint, it probably went from, if you want to call it 100% that what it was and everybody was in-house, it probably came down, I'd have to guess, to close to 65 or 70%. I think people are hurting and it's taking a drop. I think the follow-ups, people are having a hard time because they're not sure how to make outbound calls. Uh, they do it from their cell phone. Did do they, do they set something up technologically so it seems like it's coming from the law firm? And uh, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, it's interesting. They're going to have people are going to have the law firms that flourish
1: will take a few steps back, but then take a lot of steps forward over the over the coming month or two. I think it would be helpful because for one, I don't really understand and I don't know how logistically your company works. So talk a little bit about that, about like not just about the service that you offer, but then sort of how mechanically a call is is routed through your system.
2: Oh sure. So I mean, I, I assume you're talking about my my call center. Um, right. So mostly what we do is is uh, case types are are your, are your typical personal injury, your auto accident cases. A lot of mass tort, a lot of the higher volume stuff. Um, because uh, the way we charge is a cost per signed retainer. We put the carrot in front of us, whereby we only get paid if we're successful. If we stink and you give us a lot of leads and we're on the phone for a long time and we're making a lot of follow up efforts or attempts, and we're not able to convert a qualified lead into a signed client, we don't make any money. So we keep the carrot in front of our team and in front of our company to be successful. How it would work, because I don't want to make this call all about that. I really want to jump back into your consulting aspect here. But how it would work is if you say, hey, Gary, uh, my intake team is falling apart, uh, or I'm about to jump into the new Zantac litigation that everyone's talking about. And I know that if I go on TV or if I do a digital campaign, The volume and the response is going to be significant, and I don't have those resources to handle the response, the qualification, the follow-up, and the retention to ensure that I'm maximizing the return on my marketing dollars. That's when you have this ability to say, can you, Gary, can your team handle those four aspects? And I'll pay you a flat fee for every case you get signed that meets mine, Jim's, qualification criteria. So our team will make sure we're using your criteria, your sign, your retainer, and then it's... Everything is automatic. If they sign electronically, you get notice of that as they right after they sign. Uh, but it's really, it's, a, uh, it's an economy to scale uh, offering. So when a law firm is, say they have this big settlement and they all of a sudden they have, they want to throw a million dollars or a half a million dollars into a new campaign or into two more, more new marketing efforts, but they don't have the internal resources to handle that. And that's the only thing stopping them from moving forward to the large campaign
1: that's where a company like mine can help. And then, but are those people generally in a call center when the virus isn't here, and then they had to all go home? For the most part, yeah. The majority of my staff was
2: in a call center outside of my window, and now every one of them is working remotely. And quite frankly, it might be that way forever. We're happy with where it is right now. We are hiring. We're growing. We've grown since coronavirus started, and, and uh, you know, not. I'm lucky and grateful that that happened. Uh, and I know that that can stop at any given second, but given the demand that's being asked of the company, we need to make sure we have the
1: staff available. All right, so that's all. That's all very helpful, and and that's that's good information. Thank you. Let's jump in. The first thing I'll tell you is I'm not
2: uh, I'm not so concerned about how long this. Is. When we first spoke, one of your concerns was, and one of my concerns, quite frankly, was, is this? Are you asking way too many questions? And I don't think the answer is yes. Uh, however. What we need to do as an industry is understand something. We need to understand that we may not have a second bite at this conversation. We have to understand that we have to put uh, all of our efforts in determining whether this person qualifies for representation during this conversation. What we don't want to ever do during the first conversation is have the claimant go back to do some of their own research to get back to us because, quite frankly, most claimants whether it's smart or not, are going to pick the law firm that gets them to where they wanna be fastest rather than the law firm that might be the most appropriate for them. So if, we, if, if a claimant speaks with two law firms and one says, hey, Mr. Jones, looks like it could be something we can help you out with, but I just need to find out uh, what the result of that application that you sent in was, or you need to find out uh, what the doctor said your injury was. Was it fractured? Do you need to have surgery? And the claimant says, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get that for you. I'll look into that for you. And then in the meanwhile, he has this other law firm that already told him, hey, this is all we need to hear right now. You qualify for representation. Let's get you signed up, and then we'll tell you what else we need after you're a client. He's going to take the ladder, or she, uh, because it's faster, it's easier, and it takes the responsibility of their case off of their shoulders and puts it on to those of the experts. So, and I always want to bring that up and for anyone else listening to this call is be careful about all the questions you're asking at intake because quite frankly, right now, what law firms are doing they're, is they're using this time to investigate. They're using this time to get a head start on what they're gonna do with the case once it becomes retained, if it becomes retained. What they don't realize is they're actually leaving a lot of clients on the table, a lot of money on the table because they're trying to get a head start. What they should be doing it's saying, okay, let me see if this qualifies, let me get some basic information to get started, let me get it retained. Then I'll work on some of the other information because guys and Jim, what's the worst thing that can happen most of the time if you retain a case that you don't want? The worst thing that can happen is you have to reject it. And you just have to have the resources and the know-how to reject it appropriately, but the reality is that's okay. Let that be okay. So now, looking at your question. Hi, thanks for calling the Hacking Law Practice. Now, let's go over what this is. This for an inbound call or an
1: outbound uh, attempt on a digital campaign, or is the same? I was thinking it was the same. but this is the, basically the information that we want to know. Okay. Thanks for calling the Hacking Law Practice. This is Gary. How
2: can I help you? So right there, how can I help you? Do we know the likely reason
1: why they're calling? Yeah. What like what immigration matter can we help you with? Or you know, and can I can I ask a question about this? So yeah. here's something I've been thinking about. Clients don't call up here and say, I want to fill out an N-400. Clients call up and say, I want to become a U.S. citizen, right? So how do you ask the questions in a way that are not overly lawyerly and that that's, that's more in their language as opposed to ours? I assume you think that's an important thing to pull off.
2: Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I think sometimes they want to hear that you're a lawyer and there's nothing wrong with it. I think the most important thing is for you to figure out why they're calling without prolonging the call unnecessarily. So when I say, when I say how can I help you? You are opening up the opportunity for the claimant to give you a five-minute soliloquy about why they're calling. And then, unfortunately, what we might have to do is interrupt them, which might come across maybe rudely, or if we don't interrupt them, we're wasting a lot of time on a potential call that doesn't really help. Uh, and I, on a call, we may not be able to help out. So I would say, and again, I'm not very familiar with the immigration practice. You're going to have to help me with the substance here. Yeah. But I would say, this is Gary. Are you calling about an immigration claim or something? Like, let's get a yes, no out of it. Let's direct you. Know, this is a direct examination, as we all know, you know, us lawyers, right? So we should know the answers to all the questions here. So let's ask yes, no questions in the beginning. You know, are you calling about, and then what well, you say, are you calling about an immigration case? Great. Let's go to the next step, right? The next step is, uh, you, I'll tell you, Jim, someone says, I'm calling about an immigration
1: case. What's the next question you ask? Me? It's down a little bit. It's about, are you calling about an immigration benefit for yourself or for someone else? That's, that's sort of one okay. thing. Great. Okay. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do
2: Are you calling about an immigration case? They say no. Is there a possibility you can help them or no? No. Okay. But you still want to get, if they say no, you still want to get a basic summary as to what the reason for their call, because it might be a referral, right? It might be a case you can refer the case out to another law firm So if they say no, you get a basic summary. And at least at this point, assuming you don't have a system in place to warm transfer that call to an auto accident law firm in another state or to a workers' comp law firm in your state, doesn't matter. Let's get that basic summary and let them know that we might be able to find You know, unfortunately, it's not something we work on internally, but we work with many law firms throughout the country on all sorts of case types. We're going to see whether we can find a law firm to help you out. Does that work for you, ma'am or Mr. Jones? And they're going to say yes, likely. And then you're going to ask for their contact information and let them know that either you or that law firm, with their permission, will reach back out to
1: them. Yep. That makes sense.
2: Now, if they say yes, this is the best part of the call, right at the back. Right, right off the bat. Are you calling an immigration case? Yes, I am. Mr. Jones, you did the right thing by calling. We handle immigration cases every single day, right? What I just did there, as silly as it sounds, is I just provided some reassurance to somebody that is going through a potentially stressful time looking for assistance from someone with experience, and they just got it within the first 20 seconds of the phone call. Now, what that does when you give them that reassurance is it provides them comfort and it allows them to exhale to share their story with you so that you can determine whether not only that they did the right thing by calling, but, but so you can determine whether you can help them or not. So now they've, they've uh, become more comfortable speaking. you. Mr. Mm-hmm. Jones, you did the right thing by calling. We handle immigration cases like uh, immigration cases every single day, may have some of your contact information before we get into the specific immigration issue you may have. We get the name. I wouldn't worry about the city and the state yet, right? Let's assume, are you, are you a national practice? Remind me, Jim. Yeah, are we local are. local practice. We are. You're a national practice, okay, fine. Name, if you wanna get the state of the city. that's fine, that's not gonna to take too much time. You wanna confirm their phone number and email. You did the right amount of contact information, don't no need to get the mailing address at this point. Make sure you repeat everything. You know, so much of what I say, uh, we all know, uh, but yet yeah, we don't uh, we don't implement in our everyday dealings because we think it's just it's obvious. I cannot tell you how many times we take a number down wrong or a name down wrong. We spell the name wrong. They get correspondence. They go with somebody else because we spelled it wrong, or we never call them back. We never were able to get them back on the phone because we had the wrong phone number. Okay, so it's the easy stuff that can really hurt us. Now you're going to ask, okay, you're calling that immigration benefit yourself or someone else, great. Um, if another, don't worry about the name, cell, email, city, and state for that other person. Because we now have to get to the point where we need to figure out, are we going to want this case or not? Are we going to want to represent this claimant or not? Not are we going to be able to earn a fee, not are we going to be able to get that money, but are we interested in representing them to determine whether we can help them get some money. We got to get there as fast as possible. We got to figure out what those qualifying questions are. And then after we figure that out, we've got to figure out how many more information gathering questions we have to ask before it becomes too investigative. Now let's assume they say they're calling on behalf of themselves. The next question we have here is, are you seeking benefits currently in the United States or overseas? And that's a qualifier, correct? That is a qualifier. What percent of people would say overseas?
1: Probably thirty percent. Okay,
2: and you did. And if they if they if they're seeking it overseas, you're going to disqualify that
1: case. No, we can help. We can help either one. I'm just yeah, we can help either one. So maybe it's not a qualifying. I guess it's not a qualifier. You just need to know. You just want to know. That's like more different funnel, different different.
2: Yeah. Understood. So you can help either one. So then. Let's move that question down a little bit just because it's not a qualifier. Let's get our qualifiers out so we know not to waste our time uh, on, on callers that we can't help with. With me? Yep. Okay. So what's, let's go to the next. I can only see what you're typing. I
1: can't see below that line. What is the per- current person's current immigration status?
2: Okay. So is that you said the drop-down.
1: What are the drop-down options there? Well, it would be U.S. citizen, lawful permanent resident. It's sort of the the – The pipeline of where people are in the immigration process, anywhere from entered without inspection or visa overstay to student to on a work visa, like everybody we help wants to get from one immigration status to another.
2: Understood. And can you help all of them?
1: This isn't cutting people out because we can help most of these people that would be in that drop down. So it's not a qualifier. By the way, you are defining qualifier. Got it. Okay, good.
2: So we're going to hold that question for a moment as well. Tell me where the next question you have, where the yes or no determines whether uh, it's a disqualifier or you're going to keep moving forward. Like, let's talk about the disqualifiers. What here would disqualify? What answers? Well, I'm looking at the list. I mean, if they have an attorney, right? Is not that the next question? If they already have an attorney. Is
1: that likely a disqualifier? Yeah, that's a likely disqualifier. We do so. We do take over cases from people sometimes, but usually those are not the best kind of cases. Okay, so. What we need to do here is we put that question up on top right before,
2: right after we tell them, thank you for, you know, you did the right thing by calling. We want to ask them, are you currently represented by an attorney for your immigration issue? Now, if they say yes, I assume we have a follow-up question to determine whether we want to move forward with someone who's currently represented or not. For instance, you know, what's the reason you're looking for a new lawyer? And based on what they say right there, that might
1: dictate whether we say, you know, sorry, we can't help, or you know what? We could probably help you out. Though. Got it. That makes sense. Because like if they say, Oh, my attorney is an asshole and I hate him and I call him every day. I call him three times a day and he never calls me back, <laughs> that's gonna be a disqualifier. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. So okay. now
2: that's so now we asked about whether they have a lawyer. Do you have any other disqualifiers here? Or do you have or do
1: you basically want the overwhelming majority of people who contact you? Well here's one, Garrett. Would you say you're looking to, and this, Dean Jackson told me this question is too helpful for me and not helpful enough for them. Would you say you're looking to hire an attorney or just seeking information? That's going to be a qualifier, because remember, or disqualifier, for us, the way that we have things set up right now is the leads team is pushing people to a consult, but you and I have been talking about having sort of a pre-qualifying discovery 15-minute with a non-lawyer kind of a questionnaire before they get to the lawyer, but that, that's a question that's important for us. I don't know how important it is for the client.
2: Okay, so let me ask you that question. Well, let me answer that question. They say, I'm just if they seem to want some sort of free advice and they're not looking to hire a lawyer,
1: would you, what do you do? Right now, they would be put into our funnel and we try to later convince them that they need a consult. So I, but, but those consults aren't generally so helpful because I don't want to spend a half hour of a lawyer's time with someone just explaining to them all their options unless they're gonna hire us or unless it's likely they're gonna hire us, you know? So that, that that's a real tricky one for me, Gary. I'm gonna give you my gut response here.
2: Assuming that the minority of people that are contacting you are just looking for some free advice or, or some free time, it's a waste of your time. I do think, I would assume that the minority of those people that you're doing consults with that have told you up front that they're just looking for some information, I'm assuming the minority of those people ever hire you as a lawyer anyway. I think you have to make sure your bread and butter stays your bread and butter, and we don't look to be everything to everybody. You have a high-value practice, Jim, a lot higher and more significant than than I had known, which is wonderful, and I don't want you, but you're leaving a lot of money on the table because you're trying to be super lawyer and trying to help everyone that calls you. You're running a business though which means you have to maximize your revenue you have to maximize your profits you have to find the holes and plug them you have to find the inefficiencies and make them efficient it is what it, it seems to me like it would be very inefficient for you to spend any time with somebody who outright tells you i'm not looking for a lawyer i just want to know if you think what just happened is fair for me or whether I should do something differently or they're treating me unfairly and things that, quite frankly, you probably came and give an opinion to until they become a lawyer anyway. So you get, you're, you're walking that thin line anyway, of trying to be a really nice guy, but also potentially giving legal advice. And I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. I'm saying you're trying to be a right. super lawyer. Right. So my, my gut is saying that's a great question to ask because it's a qualifier. It's a disqualifier. So at the outset we should say, do you currently have a lawyer? No, we do not. Are you looking to hire an attorney for your immigration issue? And if they say maybe or yes, you move forward. If they say they outright say no, you can ask why they're calling and then maybe have someone call them back later, Jim and see if you can help them out. But that's a waste of everyone's time at the outset to try to convince someone who didn't even call to have a lawyer in the first place, but rather was just hoping to get confirmation that whatever's going on it is the right thing for
0: them hey guys it's becca here i'm sure you've heard jim and tyson mention the guild on the podcast and in the facebook group that's because we're seeing some really exciting things happening with guild members and their businesses the guild is this perfect mix of a community group coaching and a mastermind inside you'll gain support tap into a network of connections and continue learning a common theme among successful entrepreneurs there are so many benefits inside the guild including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the guild to check out all of the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. Investing in a community is like the self care of business ownership. Being in a community with other people who get it is crucial when you're creating a rock solid foundation to build your business on one that's strong enough to withstand setbacks, transitions, and growth. So head to maximumlawyer.com and click on the guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode.
1: So you're right, you're absolutely right that we're trying to be too helpful to everybody that I am trying to be a super lawyer for everybody. And there's this sort of Thing with me, Gary, where I've been reluctant to not help people whenever I can, right? So um, that's a good that's a good trait, but it can go too far. And so, you know, I have 500 YouTube videos and I have a thousand pages of content. So I think that would be where we point them, right? Is that what you're thinking? You're nodding like a fiend. One hundred percent.
2: And I hate coming across as such a uh, uh, an uncaring if that's even a word. You say hard ass. Hard on, perfect. Uh, I, you know, but, I, but I also know how much money and how much time you put into your business. And I also know that when you spend time on something that's not gonna make you money for your business, that you might be losing an opportunity that will make you money for your business. And I don't think that's the right way to run a business. Um, I think it's an excellent question. I just think you're handling it in an inefficient manner. I think you can easily say to them, hey, Mr. Jones, have you seen, have you been to our website? We've made, we have over 100 videos that, that uh, provides some guidance to people in your position. Love for you to go check it out. Here's our website. Uh, I'll also, uh, if you could briefly summarize for me what your issue is, uh, I'll also share that with our legal team and have someone call you back if they, can, if they think they can help you out. So now you did two things. You guided them and you still took their information, but we're not putting them on some sort of calendar. We're not, we're not spending more committed time to them at that moment. And then, by the way, we still could, right? The intake specialist or whoever's picking up your calls should, should get that brief summary, three to five sentences, why they're calling. They're not looking for a lawyer. They bring it to you. You might see something. They go, oh, my God, like, no, no, this is real. They don't realize they need a lawyer for this. Let me call them back right now. And that's got to be in place. But if someone's telling me I'm not looking for a lawyer, I start to get all anxious that they're wasting my time because someone else might be looking for a lawyer. That's fair. That's okay. cool. I, yeah, so I think I think we can use that as a disqualifier for you, big time. Okay, so we'll move okay, that. Okay, so we one put up. that question. We move that question up. We potentially disqualify the ones that outright tell us they're not looking for a lawyer. Any other potential disqualifiers?
1: No. Okay. I, I, so now, let me just make sure, Gary. Let me just make sure real quick. Um, go for it. Let's go through um, them together. Okay, so we move that. We down. have yeah, yeah immigration so, status. Yeah, the immigration status. That's status it. That tell me. Yeah. That's just information that we need. That's not a qualifier. Does the person have a current deadline? That's not a qualifier or disqualifier. When would you like to get started on the process? So that's another one that I think is sort of... Why do you ask that question? Well, people think about applying for immigration benefits for a long time, and that's to, that was just sort of to rate on a level of urgency how how likely they are to hire us soon. But other than that, that that's there's nothing from an immigration from a being a lawyer standpoint that's more the business side of it. So For my all. thoughts are and tell me if you think I'm wrong because
2: I don't I only speak from experience and my own conclusions. My thoughts are if they're calling they've already made an affirmative step to potentially move forward. That's the first thought I have. Nice. The second thought I have is you might actually be opening up an opportunity when asking that question. Where you're conveying the opposite of urgency, but rather conveying a sense that the caller has some time to wait on this or sit on this. The whole point that I try to make when I speak with any law firm or any intake specialist, for that matter, is if we only have one bite of this apple, which we have to assume we do, we have to assume we only get one bite of this thing, then part of our job is to convey urgency. Part of our job is to get them over that bridge from claimant to client as fast as possible. So you, I would suggest let's remove that question. Let's assume that they're calling because they're interested to move fast. And let's double down on that assumption by, and I, I was going to get to this in a moment, by actually offering them the opportunity to sign with you electronically while on this call if they qualify. So it's. I want it to be consistent. I don't want to throw that question in there because then it gives. It might give a caller some pause. Yeah. And it also is not consistent with
1: urgency. That makes a, to- a whole lot of sense. So yeah. All right. So that's all my questions. We've gone through all of them. Everything else is just details about the the case itself.
2: I mean, this is wonderful. This is this is short. A lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. It is you have a, a, a loose criteria, which I never, that was up to you, I never told you to make it looser or tighter. You you happen to be in an industry, it seems, where you can help a lot of people because the only real disqualifiers are if you have a lawyer, if you don't want a lawyer, you know, I mean, you, you basically can help everybody who has an immigration issue that wants to move forward. So after you get this information, and I think your, your, your information gathering questions, which you only have like five or six of them, are, are, that's fine you could even
1: add a few more if you wanted because there mo- they're, most of them are yes or no or one word answers before you get to that are there any other qualifying questions that you customarily see that you think I'm missing?
2: The qualifying questions usually pertain to the following currently represented there might be usually an age group issue Do you have any age issues can you I mean I'm assuming you can't you're not going to represent minors when minors are calling you and represent them when they' when they're uh, representative. Uh, age isn't a problem for us age isn't a problem Location's not a problem for you you do you do national even international teams or at least international issues those are usually your basic qualifiers then it becomes qualifiers associated with a specific case type and you're saying that with immigration there's no specific limitation right now that would disqualify a claimant there's no status is there a status um,
1: that you hear from a claimant, you go, yeah, no, we we can't handle that. You already
2: you already well, became a citizen, or you.
1: There, the so so in immigration, Gary, you know, right now in America, there are probably about between twelve and fifteen million people walking around without immigration status, and like one third of them are people who had a visa and never went back home, and the other two thirds are people who came without inspection. So those people still might have options. Their options are just a whole lot more limited than other people. So like I wouldn't tell someone who entered without inspection that there's no reason to meet with us if you think you have a legal issue. Cause usually they know like that means they're in deportation or that means they're trying to get some immigration benefit based on marriage to a U.S. citizen. They might not know all the ins and outs of it, but they know enough to know that they need to call a lawyer. So I, I don't think, I don't think based on status, immigration status that we would necessarily. Just, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want intake people to disqualify those people.
2: No, I, I hear you. And remind me, Jim. You, if we don't do the the I think it was a hundred dollars. What was it? A hundred dollars that we were charging? That's what was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. If we don't do that, how are they paying you? Is it Is it contingency fee or is it hourly? No, it's flat. It's flat fee. So like, if someone's in deportation, they're gonna pay me thirty five hundred for the initial uh, pre trial stuff, and then like sixty five or seventy five hundred for for trial.
2: Okay, so let's talk about that because that's a qualifier and disqualifier
1: for you. Now, do you retain? Do they give you their 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 payment information at what point? When they sign the contract, they usually pay half up front, and then we put them on a payment plan for the rest. Okay, so I would think your next questions here
2: are: uh, is, is explaining your fee, is explaining your fee to the caller,
1: right? And Mrs. Okay, Jones, so let's, let's, based let's on Let's talk about that because I, I and my wife and I have a difference of opinion, and I think a lot of lawyers come down in varying, varying shades of this. Do you think that we should put our fees on our website? Do you think we should let our intake team know what the fees are? Because some of the lawyers in the office don't want to be bound by what our fees are because the case might be more complicated, and sometimes we make the fee higher based on the circumstances of the case or the difficulty of the client or those kinds of things. So where do you come down on that? Yeah. So, yeah, the first
2: level well, let's go through a bunch of, there's a few questions I got to ask before I tell you when I come down. To it. So do you have a lawyer speak with everybody? If ever, if someone called right now, Mrs. Jones, and this Mrs. Jones, I'm sorry for picking on Mrs. Jones today, the Jones family. Yeah, if this person qualified based upon the questions we just went through, what would be your next step? If well, we we're not going to do an in-person, because we got to move away from that in-person meeting, before retention? If I wanted to get that case retained and I somehow convinced you, hey, Jim, we got to get these callers retained,
1: what would be your next step? What I'm envisioning, so historically, as you know, it's been intake team try to push towards a consult, a half-hour consult with a lawyer for which we charge $100. You want us to get away from that, I want to get away from that. So what I was envisioning is like a 15-minute discovery call with someone on our intake form where we really go over these questions with them, and do sort of more of the basic fact gathering. And who would that call be within your team? There's Katie, Daniel, and Marwan. So those three people would okay. be doing. It. Are they? What, what are, they, are they? lawyers? Are they? Are they case they're not, managers? They're just intake right now. They're not. They're not working on cases. Who just gathered this information? One of those guys. Right. Okay. Or, so so yeah, one of those guys um, gets
2: this call. Yeah. You're hoping that they then have a 15 minute discovery call.
1: Yeah. On another call, or why not continue? It'd be this if, if we're the one doing the actual intake call, but Smith answers our phones, and then we get the basic background data, and then we go, af- go after that. Right. And this might be all convoluted. This is just me trying to move away from the bare half-hour console approach. I get it. No, 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 this is it's not convoluted. Um, and for those of
2: you who are listening to this, I might be re- repeating myself, Please note that we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, so I needed to refresh my recollection on, on some right. of the stuff that Jim shared mm-hmm. with My goal is to have Smith AI, when they go through this basic qualifier, if someone qualifies, it seems like the majority of callers you're going to get are going to qualify. My goal is to have them, I don't know if you have the still resources to handle a warm transfer every time somebody qualifies. We I
0: don't probably, know if you have
2: enough people. We probably don't. So the next question might be deciphering which one of those callers justify a warm transfer. And I would argue, without knowing much more, that if you ask a call, what what percent of your callers don't realize, uh, walk away, do you think, because there's any real fee up front? Because that's a lot of money, and then, oh, my God, I don't have that
1: money. So, like, so... Based on my experience now meeting with people in a consult who've paid that $100 and then when they hear the fee, I would say at least 30 to 40% walk away because of the fee. So if you if you want me if you're really drilling down so that I have the most efficient use of our time and that we're maximizing every moment, I mean I think publishing our fees on our website might be a little bit too far for certainly my wife, but I think allowing people to share that information in the call with a range to give us a little bit of flexibility, say, look, you know, that kind of a case usually costs somewhere between $3,500 and $5,500. Is that what you're envisioning? That's exactly what I'm envisioning. I agree we should not put it on the
2: website. But I'm also, I also think that what we have to do is we probably have to tell, we probably have to ask them without talking about a number. I think we should have a disqualifier here and say, listen, immigration cases are, uh, the way the lawyer gets paid is a flat fee, and that number can range between three or $4,000 and significantly more, depending upon all sorts of factors. I just, before we move any further, um, I wanna make sure that you're aware of this and that you'd like to still have a conversation uh, with someone from our legal team
1: about what the cost would be to get started. Now, I don't know about those particular words. Yeah, tell me, Jim. So that's brilliant. And so let me just tell you a real quick story. So back when I was a baby lawyer and I needed a new website, one of the companies I called was Foster Web Marketing, and I had my little sales call after I got in their funnel and the whole thing. And I'll never forget that when they were talking about building me out the price of a website, the sales guy, Ken, said to me, so, you know, typically our websites cost around $10,000. And then he paused. And he said, I wanted to make sure you're aware of that information, and and I want to know, do you think it's worthwhile for us to continue the conversation? And I said, well, yes, I would. So I went ahead, right? But so that, I mean, I see what you're doing, Gary. What you're doing is this might be a thing with me. It might be a thing that other people can relate to. It's almost like we want to hide this part of the discussion until we hook them, right? First you hook them, then you tell them this. But you're, you're sort of turning that on its head. And saying why waste your time with the people who are never going to hire you? So why not share that information early on? I mean, just so you know, my mind is now blown. I understand everything. Yeah. I understand everything that you're saying, and and I'm glad we're doing this. Awesome, so am I. And and I'm, you got me thinking
2: differently than how I normally think. And I'm really, and I'm thinking out loud, so I apologize sometimes if the words don't come out as clearly right. as they should. But I I do know. I would think in your position and in claimants are calling you, I would bet a lot of people, because they don't see the pricing on your website, because they don't see the pricing on TV, but they know they need an immigration lawyer, they ha- they're going into this blindly. And I would bet that a lot of people are hoping that you're going to do some sort of civil service and voluntary work for them to help them. And that's unfortunately not, you know, that's not something you can do for your business. Um, and if you could take out those people who have already convinced themselves, I don't have – no, I'm not paying anyone money. I'd rather just keep gambling on whatever I'm doing than, than stop wasting your time with them because you're not going to – you can't go from zero to 3500 very easily. You can't go from someone who said, I don't want to pay a dollar and haven't made $3,500. That's a – a, that's not zero to 100 That's a big jump. So – and so, by the way, is 100 to 3500 as well. So I, I think it's – let's figure out
1: who has – no interest in paying you money, and that's moving them to the side. You have a high volume to work with here. Well, that's what we thought the $100 was going to do, that the $100 was going was to um, mark those who might be willing to pay that higher fee later on. I get it. And I think that that's a big jump too, right? But $100 to
2: 3400 to $3,500 is not an easy, it's not an easy give. It's, it's not 100 to $300. So, uh, and I think you're probably, like you said, Thirty. So you think thirty to forty percent of the people who pay a hundred dollars are, are too intimidated by the total price and may walk away. Yeah. Okay, and that wasn't worth it for you. You're, you already told me that that the hundred dollars for those people wasn't. That's not what's making you a lot of money. That's right. Um, <clears throat> I think let's let's do a better job at getting rid of people who are likely not going to want to pay us to be their lawyers.
1: Early. What about people on the f- a- What about people on the fence? Like people who might. Be willing to pay thirty five hundred, but might not. Is this gonna? Is that gonna push them away, or do you think that's gonna? I mean, if it's not costing them to keep going, I would imagine they'd keep going if they're sort of right. The- because you're selling right. So here's the thing: I don't want your intake team. I, I would
2: rather. What are your thoughts on this? There's something in my mind. I don't know if it's gonna work, but what are your thoughts on retaining a client for a, for, for a free basic investigation? i giving them imagining expectations that there's going to be a cost. If you determine that you can help, the cost could be X, between X and Y dollars, but we want to get you signed so at least we can put some thought into what that number is. And then once we get you signed, we then tell them, listen, cost is gonna be $5,000. This is why. Let me explain to you. So you're, you're actually, you're saving the, the sales pitch on why it costs money and why they should move forward until after they're retained. And they go, you know, I just can't do it. If they want to negotiate with you, that's up to you. But they just, I, I just can't do it. I was really hoping you'd tell me it was 1500 bucks. And you say, yeah, you know, unfortunately, I can't do it. It's too much work. I have to get into this. And now you end the relationship. But at least you hook them in to become a client not look elsewhere, which is what you do when you, when you, when you create that attorney-client relationship.
1: And then you talk about the actual cost after they sign that retainer. What are your thoughts? That sounds like you're reversing yourself. Why? Well, because I thought we were going to let the leads team sort of share what the fees are going to be, and we could, no, we're going to. My point is, why? I want to get these clients signed if they
2: qualify. I want you to make sure you're not leaving money on the table. So once they tell us, listen, I I, I want you to bring up the numbers. Like, listen, the cost could be anywhere from thirty five hundred to even sometimes as much as five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars. That's what it could be. We don't know yet specifically. I have to do a little bit more investigation. In order for me to begin that basic investigation, which I will do for you for free at the outset, I'm going to have you sign a basic retainer with me that just allows me to review your basic, your, your case, basically, and then come back to you and tell you what the cost will be. I didn't do it, and I'm not saying anything inconsistent here. They might say to you, Nah, no, no, no. I thought this was going to be for free. I, I, I do not want. I'm not going to pay any money. I'm not interested in paying any money. Well, good. We don't want them signed. We don't want to sign them. But the other ones that say, okay, yeah, let's, I'll let you look into this. And then you now bought yourself actually some time because I I, I do believe the majority of people, although unfortunately I see sometimes it goes the other way, but the majority of people, once they sign a retainer with you, they're not looking in, right. So I want to put you in a position where you have these people who you now need to get back to and give them a specific price rather than here's what I'm concerned about you. Here's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm concerned. That right now we go through this basic intake, that we we go through this basic intake, we want, we think we want the case, we tell the claimant we want the case, and now we push them off to another day and another time with another person. Yeah. I don't want to do that. We, yeah. lose, we lose contact with those folks. For sure. So I don't know. Maybe you could tell me, Gary, you're crazy. No one does it that way. I wouldn't do it. Maybe I'm wrong. But I would think, you know what, let's tell these folks what the cost could be. Let's also give them something for free, assuming they qualify, which in that free is time, become our client right now, no cost to sign with us, no cost to have us begin an investigation. But once we determine that we need to move forward with your case, we can move forward with your case, here's what the cost will be, and here's where you have to
1: sign to have us do that. I'd, I'd probably feel more comfortable doing it without the signed agreement. I know that's counter to what you're saying, but I'm just worried about getting taken on responsibility for all these people, especially some with deadlines or things. But so how do you decide? Fine, let's forget
2: that. How do you decide what the cost is going to be? Who makes that decision and when?
1: The lawyer during the consult. But how do but, we get
2: that decision?
1: But I'm willing to. I'm willing to do what you're saying and figure out a way to not have that be when it happens. In other words, I I, I think that we're probably let's let's say that let's say that nine out of ten cases are 3, and one is five thousand, right? We're probably losing many more cases by sticking to that late date of filling them in on the fee. And maybe we can even build in a little bit of cushion for ourselves. You know, in the, the final determination by the attorney might lead to Extra cost if your case is you know untraditional, or or we figure out a way to better train the team on spotting the problems that would cause it to jump up in the fee. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking.
2: I'm thinking I didn't realize. Good, that's a good answer. I didn't realize it was most likely thirty five hundred dollars. I thought maybe in my mind I, I made up all these different scenarios that it could be anything $7,000. So if that's the case, then yes, we should bring up the number on the call. And if they're at least maybe, if they give us a maybe at the very least, we should warm transfer that to a lawyer. Okay. The lawyer should be the closer for you, and then we need to get it signed. So ideally, it would go your intake or AI, a- an AI too will tell them, hey, there's, there's, there's going to be an upfront cost of approximately $3,500, and that what, what you get with that from that cost is the following, and you and I can work on some of the terminology and the wording there, is the, yeah. is the following. So before we move forward, I need to make sure that you're comfortable with that. If they are, we move that to the lawyer. The lawyer closes, reassures them why that cost is what it is, and then tries to get that, even gives it back to the intake specialist to get it signed so that the lawyer isn't staying on the phone for an electronic retainer. Okay. Now, how about the payment though? How do they give you? Is it 99% credit card?
1: Yeah. Okay, and you, who gets that information? The lawyer? No, no, the intake or Smith or whoever. I mean, right now Smith is using Okay, getting,
2: oh, so AI Smith is getting that too, the credit card information?
1: Yeah, but that was for consults, not for cases. I mean, that,
2: so yeah, it sounds to me, it sounds to me like, like, we just have to – our intake needs to include this information. we got to speed up the process from lead to client. That's what we have to do right now. And, and there's nothing you've told me that makes me believe you can't do that. You know, you need to have a lawyer available. But how many, how many lawyers do you have in your team, Jim? Four. Okay. And how many – and they all get involved in this aspect of things, to talk to claimants for consults or things of that nature?
1: Three of us do. One of them brand new.
2: Okay, say three. And how Mr. many Mr. How Mr. cases?
1: I would I would love to be that role. Like that'd be I, that that would make me happy. I'm sure it's a, it's a fun role. Yeah.
2: How many cases
1: are you are you, finding How many cases are you now signing per week? Uh, per week we're doing so, we're doing uh, fifty cases a month. So. Okay, so you're
2: doing about um, twelve a week. And mostly weekdays?
1: Yeah, I do a fair number on Saturdays, but mostly on the weekdays.
2: Okay, let's call six. Then six days, that's two a day. If you do six days a week, that's two a day. That is, you have enough staff to get on the phone. And by the way, I'm hoping the number increases. But
1: right. you have
2: enough staff to get on the phone for a warm transfer so that we can close these cases faster.
1: I love it, for sure. I mean, right now, Gary, the lawyers are spending, I mean, I'm doing probably – 15 consults a week at a half-hour pop, and the other attorneys between them are doing 10, so we're doing 25 of these consults, or 20. I mean, I don't remember the numbers that we looked at it last week, but, yeah, we were doing about 100 consults. Yeah, because we were doing about 100 consults a month, and we are signing up about 50 cases. So that's 50 hours of attorney time versus what you're proposing of, you know, 15 minutes for each serious contender we're going to make out like bandits, right? With time. With time.
2: I mean, so just to go through this again, we have, and I have to hop off here for a moment or hop off today, but um, we have intake or AI doing a basic qualification criteria Mm -hmm. and we're disqualifying people who are not serious or have a lawyer or are not looking for a lawyer, right? Those are our three disqualifiers for the most part. I have a lawyer, and I call him eight times a day, I don't know why he's not calling me back. I don't want a lawyer, or there's no way I'm paying any money because I uh, I didn't realize I had to pay money. Those are our disqualifiers. Assuming they qualify, we gather their basic qualification information. We then tell them, hey, based on everything you just told us, you qualify for representation. We think we can help you out. The next step is for us to begin an investigation on your behalf. In order for us to begin an investigation on your behalf, we need you to hire us as your lawyers. Now, let me tell you what that means. That's going to cost you upfront approximately $3,500, give or take, and we can talk to the lawyers about that. Is that something you're comfortable with? Because if you are, we can get started immediately for you. If you're not, then we have to figure out whether it's worth your time or our time to continue the relationship. And we can say it nicer than that, but that's our sort of qualifier at the end where they go, no, that's, that's crazy. I want to, I'll wanna, i pay you 500 bucks, no more. Okay, well, now we know we're not wasting any time. But they say, eh, it's a lot of money. Boom, that's fine. Give them to the lawyer. They say, yes, I'm okay with it. I just need my help. Boom, fine. Give them to the lawyer. The lawyer then has the responsibility of comforting them why that cost makes sense. Also tells them, listen, based on everything you just told me, the lawyer, we can start working with you right now. I'm going to send you back to my intake specialist. She's going to get your, your 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 credit card information. She's going to have you sign a retainer. And by the time we hang up this call today, we're going to start working on your behalf. That's the goal, right? That is the goal. I want to see you guys, after we're done with this whole consulting, I want to see you guys start signing cases on the first call. That's doable stuff right there.
1: I love it. I'm going to want to role play it out with you and, and read, you know, we can work on it again next week, the exact language. But the overall approach I think makes a whole lot of sense for a whole lot of reasons. I think it'll take less lawyer time. It'll make us faster. It'll make us smarter and it'll cut out a big chunk of people that we're um, spending too much time with right now.
2: And it is, And we're going to have to track, listen, not everything is gold the first time you do it. So we're going to have to keep an eye on it and track it because we're going to need to figure out why Stay the numbers come down right, in the first 2 days. Why? What did are we scaring them? Are we are we using the numbers too fast? Are we signing way too many cases that we don't want? We're going to have to figure we're going to have to just track it so we can manipulate
1: it for what we want it to do for us. Awesome. Gary, this was awesome. Thanks, man, so much. Thank you. All right, I'll try and work on a little script based on everything that you told me. Obviously, I recorded it so I can get some of the language out. And then uh, I'll send you a draft before next Thursday. You got it, Jim. Thank you, my man. I'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, buddy. Bye, guys. Thanks
2: for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.